Welcome to the Jay Walk Podcast. <laughs> First thing I gotta do is give a shout out to the Lady Huskers. Y'all did y'all thing this year. We in the final four. I am so proud of y'all. Keep it up. I ain't going nowhere next weekend. I'm gonna be sitting here in my crib watching my Lady Huskers win this national championship. That's what I'm gonna be doing. So this is the year that we're going to get Wisconsin. I repeat, Husker Nation, this is the year we're going to get Wisconsin. I, I promise you that. I promise you. So shout out to my lady Huskers, man. I am so proud of y'all. Uh, hopefully I get I, hopefully my daughter. Oh, I forgot. Next weekend is her birthday. So she probably won't be watching it with me. But uh, I definitely, 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 definitely got to give a shout out to my lady Huskers, man. Man, y'all. You guys are some amazing young women. You guys really are. Oh, definitely shout out to my favorite team in the world, the Lakers, baby. In-season tournament, the first one, the Lakers. It's only right that we win it, baby. Laker gang, Laker gang, Laker gang, baby. Let's talk about AD. You did your thing, bro. I told you that you're the best player on the team. You do that, ain't no way in the world we ain't winning no championship, man. Much love, man. Lakers, Lakers, Lakers for life, homie. West side. Lakers, yes, yes. That's what we do. We we win championships, baby. That's what we do is win championships. Our whole franchise is built on championships, man. So this, you know, it's been a great sports weekend for me. Um, I um, man, what a sports weekend for me, man. I, it man, to give a sick person, so. Something to smile about, boy. I feel better already. Um, let's see. Oh, I want to make an announcement. I will be on D-Boy's show on YouTube. I don't know when he's posting it, but I'll be, I'm will be. i going on his show this Tuesday? Yeah, this Tuesday. Uh, December 12th. Go on the show. I'm going to the studios up in Omaha to be in the show. I'll be able to talk about the podcast and everything, man. Shouts out to my boy D-Boy. You, you know, you're doing your thing with that little music thing, bro. And I'm just honored that I'm going to the studios to be on your show, man. I ain't been excited in a minute. So, uh, you know, catch me on YouTube, you know. Um, the 12th. Yeah, the 12th. Catch me on. I'm going on a D-Boy show, man. Real proud of that brother. He's the one that actually inspired me to get a podcast, man. So, shout out to my man, D-Boy, man. Uh, mad props. Um, um, what was I going to talk about? <laughs> I was going to talk about something that I can't remember what I was going to talk about. Um, um, Allegations and being at the end of some, um, we have to do a, uh, a better job as a society of if we're going to be a society of proven until giving innocent until proven guilty. We need to start acting like it because the, the 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 thing about especially in the age of social media, we are so quick to judge 
we were so quick to judge. Now I heard about the Diddy his situation. Um, as much as I want to believe that I'm pretty sure he's guilty, but most of the stuff that she said he did, I, I still don't know because I wasn't there, and I'm not. I'm not going to be in that position to sit here and judge Diddy. Diddy gave me my favorite rapper of all time, Biggie Smalls. So, um, and he's still my favorite rapper of all time. So, it's really, really difficult for me to to sit there and, and, and judge him or say that he did something or he didn't do something. You know, we gotta um, we gotta be uh, less judgmental until the facts come out. And we all know he settled the very next day, but at the same time, um, just because you settle something, that's not saying you're guilty. Um, in court, as you guys know, in a criminal court, a lot of people plea because they don't have the money to fight a charge against them. Um, so if I choose you for like assault on the first degree and you plead to third, you're not saying, hey, I did this. You're saying, uh, I don't have the ends or the means or the words for all to prove that I didn't do this. So I'm just going to take this plea right here. Even though you're, when you plead, you're, you're pleading guilty to something. So I just uh, say, um, if you didn't do it, don't, you know, please have your day in court and and, and get that rectified. Because you all seen it happen to Tory Lanez. And here's the thing about the Tory Lanez situation that people don't realize. I don't feel sorry for Tory Lanez. I think he's a narcissistic short bastard that, that needs to be where he is. And this is why I say that. First of all, there is not any reason, any reason to, for me, particularly me, the man I am, and I think any real man, to harm a woman. I really don't think there's never an instance where it's okay to harm a woman. I don't care how mad you get or what she does to you. I just don't think it's a good look. But when someone's not cooperating and you shot this woman in the foot, oh, Megan Lee Stallion, ooh, she's bad. Ooh, she's bad, but I digress. You shoot this beautiful woman in the foot and in the beginning, she's not, I mean, she's not working with the police. She's not... Telling everybody that she shot you. And for you to go make a mixtape. And be so arrogant. About her getting shot in the foot. Then you deserve what you get. The judge offered him. Three years. The judge offered him four years. But he's so narcissistic. And so arrogant. He thought he was going to beat this case. Now he's in there for ten. Tory Lanez could be coming home next year. Tory, let me repeat this. People that know who Tory Lanez is, he's a rapper from Canada, a very good rapper at that. I heard his music. He's damn, he's, he's off the chain. He could be coming home in six months, or at least by June of next year, had he just took the damn plea deal. And you don't take the plea deal. Then you make a mixtape about shooting a woman in her foot. 
Where's where that okay at? And you got people talking about he got railroaded. No, he got what he deserved. And if you listen to this podcast and you think differently, I don't care. He got what he deserved. There's this thing that I don't know. I can understand how, it, you know, because we all lose sight of things sometimes. But this world, particularly celebrities, they have lost, I repeat, they have lost their humility. We have lost it. And it's, it's really sad that you think that a woman gets shot in her foot that you're okay with you're okay with sorry you want this sorry you're okay with with that that's someone's daughter and I know how I would react if somebody shot my daughter in the foot so he is where he belongs because apparently he doesn't seem to get that I don't care what the situation between him and Megan Thee Stallion was. I don't care what the damn conspiracy theory is the other girl shot her in the foot. He's where he belongs because he's an arrogant, narcissistic bastard that, that needs, to, needs to sit his ass down somewhere. And he won't be allowed in America anymore as soon as he gets out. As soon as he gets out, he's going to take his ass right back to Canada. So, hope it was worth it. I hope it was worth it. It's funny. I don't know how I got on this tangent, but since I'm wondering, let me stay on it for a second. I find it real funny how people somehow, some way, want to victim blame when it comes to getting the crime committed against you. Victim blame. So, if you want to victim blame, I better not hear you motherfuckers say anything about slavery then. If that day comes, I doubt that I'll be around, but that day comes with reparation, I better not see your fucking hand out. If you want to victim blame. So, with this whole Diddy situation with Cassie and everything... Like I said, I don't know Diddy. And the people that listen to me, I know most of you, y'all don't know Diddy. So I'm not going to say he did or he didn't do the situation. But here's the thing. I was just, I found out from some sources tonight that they were together for 10 years. 10 years? And I know how abuse works and everything. You usually don't say anything while you're in a relationship. Because, you know, a lot of women find it embarrassing. Um, but she was there for 10 years. And for something so horrible, that's a long time to stay for something that's so horrible. And not to say that it didn't happen. Because, like I said, I have a daughter. So I'm not going to sit here and say that that didn't happen. But it just makes you think. It makes you think. So, 
What I'm saying is, in the world of social media, people have voices that shouldn't have voices. And some people don't have voices, and they should have voices in the world of social media. Like, the world is flipped, and you're guilty before you're, before you're proven innocent. I mean, look at Jonathan Majors. Jonathan Majors, sorry, I take my medicine. Jonathan Majors is, um, I guess there's a lot of evidence against him in this court case that um, that he's, um, I guess that was pretty damning. Um, I, I just wish, particularly us men, um, and this is what I when I say this podcast. I'm speaking to all men, no matter what color you are. Even though my demographic is black men, but walk away, walk away. No matter what she does to you, walk away. The most painful thing you can do to a woman is leave them. You putting your hands on them doesn't make you a tough guy. Oh, you, oh, oh, oh I guess. What is your pride or something? Walk away. Any of the police did come, uh, you're going to jail. Because nine out of ten times, it's not a fair fight between a man and a woman. And I know some of y'all are going to say, oh, yeah, there's, there's, there's some women that... No, okay. Those are exceptions. Exceptions make the rule more true. Take your grown-ass men up and just walk away. I'm trying to tell you. I don't took pretty ass kicks from women. <laughs> I don't took plenty of ass kickers from women. And let me tell you. And I never said it's easy. I have never said it is easy to walk away from a woman that's whooping your ass. But it's, it's, it, when you think of the alternative, it becomes a lot easier. So we have to I don't know, I just think especially in the world of social media and how fast news travels now, it's like I said, it's just best to walk away and never get yourself in that situation. Um that's why I spend ninety five well like ninety three percent of my time alone just for that reason. Because if I'm alone, I can't do anything to you nor you to me. So I, I think, and, and it's unfortunate because I remember growing up in the 80s and 90s, I'm not going to lie to you guys, like 
the world, no, we didn't have the internet. Like I said, you know, wasn't, well, if they had it, I didn't know. But the world is a, it's, um, it was smaller, but it felt bigger as opposed now, like the world is smaller now because of social media and internet and everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, growing up, I know the people of my age remember this. I remember looking forward to the holidays at school. Like Valentine's Day, um, Halloween, um, having the last day before we get on Christmas break. Um, like, Thanksgiving, like those days, like felt like like a little bit more important, the closer and everything. Like even with white people, like we felt like now I feel like, hey, he's white, I'm black. Mm, you know, stay on that side. I'll say, you know, you walk your side of the street, I walk down mine. But back then, I I I, I don't remember it was being like that. It was just. The white kids in the neighborhood was just kids in the neighborhood. And in a sense, like to me, and maybe maybe I, my perception is wrong or off or something, but it seems to me that when social media came, like, you felt racism as a kid growing up in the 70s, 80s, the 80s was a very racist very racist decade. Well, let me take that back. Because America, every decade is racist. But you felt it. The 90s, not so much. The 2000s, 9-11 happened. Not so much. But ever since Barack Obama became president, that racism train, <laughs> that racism train is right on time, man. It's never late. It's never late. And like to see, man, like growing up in the 80s, you felt it. But it wasn't so glaring because, like I said, when I was a kid, I spent the night at white kids' house. I spent the night at black kids' house, Mexican. Didn't matter if they were my friends, maybe because I was just a kid. But it was that way through my whole career as a student growing up until social media hits and it's just more glaring now I, I don't know if social media has been good for society or has been bad for society because I've, I've seen people that I haven't seen in years in social media um, so in that aspect, that's good, you know, and I kind of know what's going on in their lives, or I think I know what's going on in their lives, or I have a, at least an idea, uh, before social media, you know, you just, you just didn't have that. 
So that's what I'm saying. I don't know if social media has been good for society or bad for society. I guess that's a good question. Hmm. I think I tell you one thing though. I know social media has did a a a, a wonderful job uh, dividing us. It has done a wonderful job dividing us, particularly black people. I don't know. It just seems to me that we just at least where I am the black community was more close-knit when I was growing up. Like I knew when and where I could do things because I know if she sees me down the street, she's going to tell my grandma and I was going to get beat when I go home. Like every black person in our community, especially where I was, was part of our family, part of my extended family, if you know what I mean. People that grew up around me, I think you understand what I'm talking about. Like, there's um, there was the understanding that any older black woman or black man that I ran into that knew my family, they were like my family, and they have would have no problem going to tell my family if me and my cousins were doing something that we weren't supposed to be doing, we were getting in trouble. And that's what I mean as far as the black community was very close-knit. Um, and I don't feel that anymore and I don't know if that's necessarily social media or the world or technology or anything else but I kind of miss it I kind of miss it you know let's see Let's see here. Oh, I have a question. Look at this. What kind of women do I like and what race do I prefer? <laughs> now that's funny. Well, the person who sent this, this, this question will remain nameless. But um, I am very, obviously prefer black women because I'm black. But um, that's the thing with me. I prefer black women. But I have longed to jump off the race a couple of times. Um, I think you think all women are beautiful though, but, but if you were to, okay, put me in, let's just say there's five women, okay, five of the beautiful women in the world, okay, one is black, one is white, 
One is Hispanic. One is Asian. And one is Middle Eastern or Arab, whatever you want to call it. Okay? Out of those five women, I can only choose one. My first choice would be the black woman. That's just, that's just, it, it's just be a, it'll be a black woman. That's my first choice. Now, now, that's what I'm saying. If I had to choose out of those five women, that's who I would, that, my first choice would be the black woman. But, that's not to say that I wouldn't date the Asian, the white, the Hispanic, and Middle Eastern. But, my choice and who I'm like most attracted to are black women. So, and that's not saying other women are bad because my first choice would be a black woman. Obviously, look at my kids. So that, that, that should tell you. But I'm saying my first choice would be a black woman. Um, let's see. What else? There's another question. Why am I so hard on Democrats? <laughs> Why am I so hard on Democrats? <laughs> hey, Joe says, I know you listen to me. So I know you're, you're, you'll disagree with this, but... I'm going to, I'm going to say it anyways. Um, reason why I'm so hard on Democrats is because black people vote Democrat, I think 80% of the time and nothing changes. And you, I go, you were saying, um, well, nothing ever changes when Republicans are in power too. Yeah. But believe it or not, black people do better when Republicans are in office. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. Because back we used to vote Republican before we voted Democrat. And the close knitness of black people, the togetherness back in the thirties and forties and everything else, when they were voting Republican, when it we had lynchings and racism and everything else, but the black community was so strong back then that that's why they were able to get there past the civil rights era. That's why they were, you know, that's why we were able to get those great athletes, even though through all that oppression. That's why you're able to get, to see greatness from black people because they were more close-knit back then. Black marriage was up. Black Wall Street. Um, that's how you, you know, black people voted Republican back then. Now we have this dumbass Republican party that I'm, I'm not suggesting black people vote for either but at the same time why are we continue to vote democrat see i've always voted republican until 2000 2008 excuse me um but why are we continuing to public and support these people see let me explain something to you black people black people the black vote it's what swings elections. We swing elections. That's why Joe Biden got into office because he had the black vote. 
It was black women who got him in. I repeat, black women got Joe Biden in. So, that, that's the reason why um, he put a black woman on the Supreme Court. This is why he got, you know, he had to get um, my, home, my homegirl Brittany Griner home. Had to get her home. See, you have to, the people that get you in office, politically speaking, it's smart to keep your promises to them so they'll reelect you. That's how politics work. So, but Democrats, they seem, like I said, I call them election pimps. They know damn well that they don't have the votes to get people, you know, to make the promises that they make. They know they don't have the votes. They, they know damn well they can't do it. But yet, they, they, they say the right things at the right time around election time. And then when they get elected, they have no memory of it. They have no memory of it. Look at democratic cities across the country. California is very democratic. Look at, look at their homeless rate just rising and rising. Uh, Democrats have been in control of Chicago forever. Is life better for Chicago, you know, for black Chicagoans? That's why I have a problem I have with those punk-ass Democrats. I don't like them. They're election pimps. That's why I think more people need to become independent. I'm independent. I've only been voting Democratic lately is because you have dumbass cult member I mean the Republican Party is basically a cult now. And I ain't drinking nobody's goddamn Kool-Aid. Y'all know me. So but if you vote Democrat, I guess one of why I guess I've been voting Democrats is the lesser of two evils, I guess. This is really sad. Do I think voting Democrats will make my life better? Hell no. But us black people tend to keep voting because they say all the right things about what they're going to do for black people and people of color in general, and it never happens. It never happens. So that's why I'm so hard on Democrats. And believe it or not, my favorite politician, AOC, Hispanic woman, out of New, out of the, I think like the fourth district out of New York, she's my favorite politician. She's beautiful, she's smart, she's, she's intelligent. I like her policies. I, I like some of my progress. I um, She's a progressive. I, you know, I am a conservative, but I think all, all, all families need universal child care, universal health care, and a lot of universals that this, this country can afford, but chooses not to because of capitalism. But, you know, I, you know, I, I just because I'm conservative, that doesn't mean that 
average citizen doesn't need thing. And I'm, and I'm not just talking black people. I'm talking about of all races. All races. So that's why I'm so hard on Democrats. And I don't like them punk ass, the punk ass Democrats. I don't like them. And this is what, and this is the reason why Joe Biden is losing support in the black community because he made promises that he knew he could not keep. It has nothing to do with his age. It has nothing to do with that. His black support is squandering because he made promises that his ass cannot cash. A check that his ass cannot cash. That's exactly why he's losing black support. Has nothing to do with his age. So, that's why I don't like those punk ass Democrats. And I'm not voting for them in the next election. But that's for the day for the podcast. Let me get this other question real quick. Jerome. I told y'all it's Jaywalk on my podcast. <laughs> I'm getting look at it. See, Jerome, how do I feel about random shootings here in America? Um, I made a podcast about this too. I think it's very sickening, all these random shootings here in America. I think it's really sad that try not to cry right real quick. It's really sad the kids are just going to school dying. And I gotta you know, my stomach turns, you know, every day because I still got kids in school. And I think it's uh really sad that us parents have to feel like this. But um, two things can be right. Republicans, people that ill, say it's mental health. The other side says it's the gun. Well, there are America does not hold, it's not the only country that has mental health in it. And this doesn't happen in other countries. This doesn't happen in other countries. A random shooting like this is just rare, but in the United States it happens every week. There are more guns than there are people in the United States. But I don't know if I'm a fan of gun control because it's going to affect the black community more than anything. Oh yeah. When those Black Panthers in the 60s, when they were walking around the Capitol building with their guns and everything, they changed the laws because black people were doing it. They changed, listen to me people, they changed the laws because black people were doing it. 
Could you imagine if it was a bunch of black people that raided the Capitol as opposed to white people? Could you imagine what would have happened? Yeah. Have you noticed that has has not been any law changes about being near the Capitol? Hmm. Think about that for a second. So what I'm saying is, in order to stop these random shootings, or these mass shootings, we're going to have to lose these some rights. And you see how we acted during COVID. Oh, I'm going to do what I want to do, whatever I want to do it. Even though you're possibly killing somebody that has a, a compromised immune system like myself. But because you want to go to a movie, because you want to go have a drink, because you want to go hang out and do X, Y, and Z. Well, because you, you feel like that's your, your, that's your given right to be able to do that. Well, with this gun control thing. It's a right to bear arms in the Second Amendment. So, um, it, how do I say it? The communities of color, just like COVID, will be affected the most by this. Particularly black people. Because you know damn well, even though we make up less than 1% of the random shootings or mass shootings in the United States, you know damn well they're going to try to enforce it harder when it comes to black people. We know 99% of white men are doing these random these mass shootings in the United States. But they put no criminality on the white mass shooters. But they put the criminality on the black man playing his music loud in his car. On the black man that's dressed a certain way. On the Latino that's dressed a certain way. Even though Nine, you know, mass shootings are shit by white men, nine to one. So, with that being said, when it comes to gun control, there, there are too many guns in the United States. There are. But, once again, what rights are you willing to lose? To stop these mass shootings. You're going to have to lose some rights. And I'm willing to lose some rights. To stop them. But it's every, I don't think anybody else is. Because like I said. Look how we acted during COVID. You had these, these, these white people in Michigan. Up there talking about. We're protesting or bringing guns and stuff. Because she wouldn't open up the bars. Because she's trying to save your lives. It's an airborne virus. 
and she would and and and, and they just couldn't take it. Remember, black people, we couldn't even do that 40, 50, 60 years ago. We couldn't even eat our food at the table. They think they're losing rights and we're just we're just trying to have equal rights. So when it's gun control thing, you gotta realize that yeah, we're gonna have to lose some rights. That means the government's gonna have to start listening, uh, tapping phone calls without you knowing, without a warrant. Uh, the government's gonna have to know what's going on in your computer, what's going on in your smartphone, what's going on, you know, with your, you know, what I'm saying, right, you know, all these things that your government's gonna have to tap into to try to stop these mass shootings. And I'm not okay with the government, and I'm pretty sure they do anyways. Listening to the conversations I'm having or who I'm texting and so on and so on. I'm not okay with that. Well, that's what it's going to have to take to stop these mass shootings. So, the question becomes, what rights are you willing to lose to stop these mass shootings? And 9 out of 10 people are not willing to lose any. So, it's scary. But expect to keep seeing more of these things. And that's just really sad that except for the people that are shot and, and their their families and their friends and their loved ones are going to be affected by this. I, I guess the, the best thing that you can hope for the United States is to get numb to it. Which is really sad. Get numb to mass shootings. Yes. Get numb to mass shootings. Let's see. Um, and by the way, I'm not saying that you should get numb to mass shootings, but that's what society is telling us in this country is to get numb to mass shootings. Because the NRA is in the pocket of half the politicians in Congress. So, yeah. It's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. What's this next question? Kind of touched on this one already, so I'm not going to... um, I'm not going to do that that question already. I already touched on it. Um... Oh, here's a good one. In the future, do you see... Oh, I'm I'm reading it wrong. In the future, what do you see... Well, what do you think Earth is going to look like? I'm totally reading two questions at once. Well, what do I think Earth is going to look like? Earth is going to... um, It's going to look the same. So a lot of stuff is going to be underneath water. It's, it's highly unfortunate. Um, like. I don't. 
I really don't think that us as parents and grandparents um, don't know how bad we're going to leave this world for our grandchildren. Um, it's just really sad how we can say we love our kids and our grandchildren so much, but destroy the only planet in the solar system that they can live on. Wow. That's like an abuser saying they only hit you because they love you. I think it's uh, disgusting. Um, Elon Musk is always talking about terraforming Mars. And like the great Neil deGrasse Tyson says... Um, if we can terraform Mars, we should be able to terraform Earth. Terraform means basically make the planet livable for humans. That's in other uh, animals that breathe oxygen. And I agree with them. I mean, what, why do we need to terraform Earth when... Um, I mean, terraform Mars when we just take care of the planet that we already have. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with them. That's completely asinine to sit here and be that narcissistic that we could um, basically make another planet habitable for humans. But we already have a planet that's habitable and we treat it like shit. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree with them one hundred percent. I think that is the dumbest. That's <laughs> like, that's like having a mansion, and you move into a different mansion that uh, ran down and raggedy and not habitable, but you already live in a billion dollar mansion, but you spend. Two or three billion dollars to fix up the one that's not habitable. That really doesn't make any sense, <laughs> even because you already got a billion dollar mansion. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I think that's the dumbest shit in the world myself. So, what else am I, am I thinking? Am I forgetting? Let's see what other questions I have. Oh, this is a good one. Do I watch any women's sports? <laughs> yes, I do. Um, obviously, I watch volleyball. You know, being a huge Husker fan, living in Nebraska. But I also... Um, I... Uh, uh, I watch uh, college, women's college basketball. Uh, I, I think women's college women's basketball, like I said, last year, the tournament was way more exciting than the men's. And I'm a, you know, I'm a man's advocate, but I got to get props where props was due. The women, they did their thing last year. Um, it was way more exciting than the men's. I'm hoping that becomes a trend. Um, the WNBA, I, I don't watch that, that so much. Um, I honestly think women's college basketball is more exciting. Um, but, uh, 
I definitely watch women's tennis. I don't watch men's tennis, but and it's not because of you know any you know sexualized women or anything like that, or the great Serena Williams fine. Woo, girl, call me, call me Serena. I'm kidding, but I'm not really kidding. Call me Serena for real. Call me. I'm gonna put my number on on, on, on my Instagram. Hopefully you see it. But I digress. Um. But women's tennis, women's college basketball, and women's volleyball, obviously. Um, there are just some things women do that I find way more exciting than I find with men. Um, but those are the women's sports that I watch. Um, oh, and uh, women's track and field. Uh, um, I don't, I don't, they're not better than the men, but. I watch uh, women's track and field, though. Let's see. What's this other question? Oh. How are you feeling? And what what made you sick? Well, your kidneys are felons. Um, I'm going to take the time. His last two minutes in his podcast and tell y'all why it's so important. Your kidneys are so important and why a lot of people or, you know, a, a significant amount of people die from it. Um, for the kidneys, first of all, your kidneys, they're the very first part of your immune system. They are the, the, the organ that sends the antibodies when you get sick. Or get the flu or a virus comes, they're the first ones to respond. Your kidneys, they control your cooling and your heating system. So they make you sweat in the summer. They make you shiver in, 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 the, um, in the winter. Um, your kidneys, your kid, you know, that's why you have two. To keep you warm, to get your body warm or, or get your body cool. That's why you have two. Um... My kidney started failing because of it. No, it's not from drugs and alcohol. <laughs> they started failing because of blood pressure, high blood pressure. High blood pressure is the silent killer. And I want to be the first to tell y'all, you know, that runs rampant in the black community. And you need to make sure you watch your blood pressure. I, when I found out they were failing, Back in 2015 or 16, um, I didn't, I never got my blood pressure checked. I didn't even know I had high blood pressure. Um, so my kidneys, you know, and my, my, my heart was being overworked because, you know, my sick son, stress of life added to it and everything else that's why I sit on that post make sure you take care of your body because you only get one um yes blood pressure is the silent killer my mother told me that about five years six years ago and it's not something you think about when you go to the grocery store or because a lot of people, and especially in the black community, that they have this condition, 
and it, you don't even know it. They, you know, we are the highest group of people in America that have this because the stress of being black, all the things we go through, our diet, and so on and so on. So I want to take this time to say in this podcast, please check your blood pressure. I don't want to see anybody having a stroke. I don't want anybody had kidneys to fail because your, your kidneys are part of your circulatory system, which is basically anything that blood goes through. And I'm not going to lie to you. I probably only had my blood pressure checked. From 2000, just from year 2000 to the year 2016, I'm talking about maybe eight times in those 16 years. Mm-hmm. I kid you not, maybe, and I'm I'm being quite generous, quite generous. Um, Even in 2013, when I had that small heart attack, um, I still didn't check my blood pressure after, you know, or, you know. um, So I want to take this time in the podcast to say, please check your blood pressure. It may save your life. Um, Um... when they say it's a silent killer, they said a mouthful. It will silently kill you. And I don't want that for you. I don't want that for your family and your friends. I really think, I really want y'all to check your blood pressure. I don't want y'all to be another me and have to go through, I have to go through these dialysis machines and, you know, getting, you know, making sure that I'm taking these meds every day and, uh, Hopefully you had to get a transplant, which I'm not. I'm not getting one. But um, you you just make sure that even if it's at the grocery store, you're at a, at a Walgreens or CVS, just check your blood pressure, man. Check your blood pressure regularly. Because it... it it, it, it can save your life. It's particularly as black people. We have to get better at checking our blood pressure. Because it, it just seems like high blood pressure and black people are synonymous when it comes to this country. So I really want you guys to, if you, you listen to this podcast, check your blood pressure. Don't be another Jerome. And have a, a you know have a heart attack or on cardiac arrest, kidneys fail, go blind. I don't want any of that for any of you people. I don't want anybody to go through what I go through on a daily basis. Um well I guess that's it for the podcast. Uh thank you for listening. Um, thank you for the great questions. If you have a question, please send it to my email at jwalk211 at gmail.com. Um, I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, shout out to, uh, uh, to everybody that actually listens to me. Uh, like I said, I'm going to be on D-Boy's show on December 12th. Uh, December 12th is a rough day for me, but, uh, 
hopefully I can change the narrative for that day. Um, this Tuesday when I go on the E-Boy show, I'm going to make it interesting for you. Um, just remember, um, make sure that in this busy times that we're in, uh, I know the holiday season is upon us, that you take time and to handle your mental health just as much as your physical health. Um, your mental health is probably way more important than your physical health because your mental bad mental health causes bad physical health. And yes, so the bad physical health that you have is more than likely coming from your brain. 90% of it comes from your brain and your diet. So in this crazy, crazy time of the year, I know it's the end of the year and I know it's hectic and everything else. Please, please, please take time to deal with your mental health and do things that make you relaxed. That away, your kidneys won't fail, your heart won't fail, your brain won't fail. Everything's kosher, baby. You know what I'm saying? So thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning into the Jaywalk Podcast. Um be good to yourself. Let's be better to each other. And um remember y'all, when I say be good to yourself, that does mean checking your blood pressure. So you're not another Jerome. Okay. All right. That's the end of the podcast. I want to thank all the sponsors that sponsored me on this podcast. I am out.